I started doing yoga to help with my flexibility. But the more I learned, the more I realized how much more the study of yoga has to offer. Yoga has improved my physical and mental health and outlook on life. I feel that yoga can be beneficial for everyone. My mission is to share what I've learned about yoga with all the non-yogis, Joe Sixpacks, and everyday people in a down-to-earth fashion. My name is Luis, and this is the Ordinary Yogi Podcast. Welcome to the Deployed Yogi Podcast. This is week seven, if I'm counting right, or episode seven of this whole thing I'm doing. Uh, thank you for tuning in. So this week, I witnessed a lot of people interactions, and some with difficult people, some with people that have like positional power and how they used it. And I just found a lot of stuff interesting this week. It was all very people-focused this week, and I don't know if that's an accident or just maybe I observed it. And so I got a lot of shit written down on on what I thought about it and how it kind of tied to yoga and just energy and, I don't know, maybe helping somebody deal with the difficult people and how we can maybe mitigate some some conflict, uh, which is, you know, it's going to happen. When you're in a deployed environment, there's already a bunch of stress because you're away from all your friends and family and everything you're, you know, accustomed to. Uh, and now you put all these people together from different places with that stress on them in a stressful situation when there's a bunch of work and stuff that needs to get done. Excuse me, I need to fix my microphone real quick. And yeah, it just causes more issues and people are a little more jumpy than, than they need to be. So one thing I was dealing with is dealing with difficult people. And, you know, some people just, your energies don't match. And that's okay. You know, I don't get along with everybody. There's people I'm like, ah, there's just something about you, man. I, you know, love you from a distance basically but as much as i try to there's just something about and maybe people can vibe with that they're like there's just something about this person that just doesn't sit well with me and i feel like i'm a pretty good judge of character whenever i have that feeling it's for a good reason but anyway you know i have this uh troop i guess and she works in the same office i do and she's having issues with uh her leadership back at at home station and you know whenever she gets an email from this certain individual she fucking loses her shit like she gets super irritated and it kind of wrecks her day and yeah you know, i do my best to be this i kind of i'm this old sage dude now um <laughs> apparently because everyone a lot of people i work with are super super young like in their early 20s and i have to kind of like pull them aside and just hey think about it this way you know and so the big thing i i explained to her was you know when you do that when you flap the handle or you react in this way you give this person a certain power over you. And that alone, to me, is enough to be like, fuck that. I'm not going to let this person do that to me anymore. And just, again, it's a lot easier said than done. Some people just rub you the wrong way. And just, you know, just taking a second and pausing and just like, I'm not going to let you do this to me anymore. I control, I am a master of my domain and I control myself. So whatever you do is going to fucking, I'm like Teflon dog. It's going to roll right off me. And I kind of explained that to her as much as I as I possibly could. And, you know, she said she would work on it. And, you know, maybe she will, maybe she won't. It takes a lot of time and practice to do so. And, you know, it just made me think about dealing with difficult people and how some people are just, you know, when you get in, into situations like that, they're just energy vampires, man. They, they suck everything that's good out of you. And 
it's up to us to build a resilience to that to be just like, no, I'm not going to allow this to be happening to me anymore. And it takes a lot of time to do that. And I, you know, I heard a podcast, listened to a podcast earlier this week, and it was on, you know, packing things, physical things. And it kind of got me thinking of, you know, the, the guy was saying he was doing this, um, this 24 hour event. It was a kind of a crazy event. He was locked in a connex in the dark, no sound, complete silence. And he was doing it with a couple other people. I think they may have been doing different, uh, different connexes, but they were going through their packing list. And he noticed, you know, the stuff they were packing was for comfort, not necessarily to get the mission or the task done. So that got me thinking now as I was writing notes for the show is, you know, when you're dealing with people like that, how much of that shit are you packing on that is for comfort? And what I mean by that is, it's super easy to be fucking irritated with people and just to not like them, right? It's very, it's a comfortable situation because, you know, your ego gets involved. You you want to be right in the situation or you see yourself as the hero of the situation always. And this other person is this, something's wrong with that guy. So it's easy to, to be in that role and to stick to it and to have a lot of attachment to it because it's comfortable. So when you have a situation like that, like how much, are you, how much of that resentment is out of comfort rather than, you know, letting that go and just keeping what's essential and packing what is going to keep the task done, which is to me is keeping a, a calm mind. You know, if you have to work for this person or work with this person, giving them exactly what is needed to get the job done and absolutely nothing more, not attaching yourself to anything else that you give them or what they say. I feel is a nice uh, way to, to think about it. Uh, let me know what you think, um, just because uh, that's what I kind of gave advice, the unsolicited advice, of course. That's kind of my, my favorite, thing, my fucking favorite thing to do. And, you know, later on that week, I I saw some things when it comes to rank in the military. And for those of you who don't know, you know, rank in the military is, is, is a crucial thing. We have a thing called chain of command where you elevate problems step by step by step. Um, rarely should you ever cut all these steps out and go to the very top, right? It's, it's kind of frowned upon. Unless it's a super egregious thing and you're not being listened to by your direct leadership, then it's you know it's okay to jump the chain every once in a while depending on circumstance. So in most branches, I would say all branches in the military, um, you have three, three different tiers. You have your junior enlisted, which is like your, your super young guys as far as rank. You have your middle tier, which is your NCO or non-commissioned officer tier. And then you have your senior NCO tier, which is your senior non-commissioned officers. I, myself, am an E7 in the Air Force, which makes me a mass sergeant. I am part of the senior non-commissioned officer corps. And, you know, when you get to that level of leadership, you you got a little bit of flex. Uh, you, you, you flex your stripes, as we like to say. Because, you know, if a, someone with a, super, a lower rank tries to get something done, it's easier for them to be like, get out of here, scram. But, you know, a big man master sergeant comes by and says the same thing. He's treated a little differently because he has a little flex in his stripes. Um, so I saw an encounter with a couple of individuals. And, you know, one of the guys, the younger guy, he was he was mine, one of my dudes. So like Michael Jordan, when I saw this, I took it personally when he wasn't treated well. But, um, you know, I got to thinking of the person he had a conversation with. And it just reminded me of, you know, they, there's a, a phrase like you want to know what a man's really like you give him a little bit of power and I see this not just in this individual but I see that in a lot of people I've, I've dealt with in my military career where 
people rely on that rank or that positional power a little too much. And it, I feel like it only gets you so far and only breeds um, compliance rather than inspiration. You know, not that I'm perfect or anything like that, but I feel that I have a good rapport with the guys that work under me that if I ask them to do something, they do it because they like working for me or they respect me rather than just because, oh, he's a master sergeant. I got to do what he tells me to do. And that's what I like to think. I'm sure everybody thinks that way. They may feel completely different. I don't know. So I started thinking of, of, you know, when you do that all the time, it reminds me of like a parent that yells all the time to their kids. And, you know, when you do that enough, it kind of, it loses its strength, you know, you know, it waters it down because this is your only move, dude. This is the only way you can get me to do something is to yell at you. And at a certain point, it's just not going to work anymore. Or you're just going to yell yourself fucking crazy. And, um... It just got me thinking of, you know, you got to, as you go up in leadership, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So you are the one that should be, you know, quote, unquote, in the right most of the time. Is everybody? No, not, not at all. But what, however the interaction goes, because you're the senior person, you have to take responsibility. If that fucking conversation goes shit sideways, I see it as it's your fucking fault because you're the older dude. You should know better. And know how to navigate a conversation or at least, you know, calm the conflict down and de-escalate it in a little bit. Um, and it just goes into, you know, the way the conversation I saw go down, it was initiated completely wrong. Um, the, the senior member kind of, from my perspective, kind of assumed this person was in the wrong already before even posing a question. And when you attack somebody like that, I'm going to attack in quotations. Uh, you put that person on defensive. If someone comes to me and says like, hey, what are you fucking up? I'm going to be like, wait, what? Fuck you. You know, why am I, why do you assume I'm doing something wrong? And it just reminded me of this thing where, you know, the energy you give is the energy you get. And one thing I've noticed about me, what I've been told about myself, I know it sounds super, I'm like really fucking show myself off here, but I, I rarely am ever quick to get angry at anything i try to do my best to just whatever they're telling me not react and just breathe and just take it in you know chew on it a little bit before i really say anything and trying to get my ego out of there um and i only i only see yelling as really beneficial when it's an absolute necessity like if something's uh someone's in danger you're gonna hurt yourself or someone else by something you're doing that's when it's like that shit needs to be corrected right away there's no time for conversation um so, you know, I just saw this in this exchange and I just like, man, you, this guy approached it so wrong. It could have gone totally different if he just would have asked something different, still getting the same objective, that point across, but doing it a different method. Um, and it just got me thinking about, you know, conflict and how we approach our conflicts with other people with so much ego attached, I feel. Um, and when it comes to rank, man, there's a lot of ego where, you know, the higher up you get, you really got to work to manage that I I find. And, um, so in this, I kind of thought of a mantra that, you know, when you're in a conflict, you have to say this to yourself, you know, out loud or mentally that I don't want to be right. I want to find a solution because those are two completely different things. Of course you want to be right. Your ego wants to be stroked. 
Again, you're the hero in this situation. That's how you see yourself. This other person has something wrong with him or he is or she is in the wrong. But when you do that, you cut yourself off to so many other possibilities, perspectives that you just fucking don't want to hear it. And I, I had a conversation with, with this guy um, afterwards, the senior member, and kind of gave him my two cents. And I feel like he was receptive to it. And I, I saw his perspective and I gave him some different perspectives and hopefully he he'll take it and, you know, apply it in the future, but we'll see. Um, but, you know, that mantra I felt was really, really powerful was like, because we go, whenever we go into a conflict, whether with it's a random fucking person, with it's our significant other or our spouse, you know, we, we want to be right. We, we want that gratitude, that gratitude, what's the fucking word? Like, gratisfaction? That is not a word, is it? Fuck, man, I'm fucked up today. But you get what I'm saying is you want that, you know, you want to be right. And it feels good when you do that, right? When you get that point across, you're like, yeah, that's right. You got nothing to say because I'm right. Um, and there, there is no winning, right? And being right and finding a solution are two different things. And that's kind of the, the what I was thinking about because you got to take the other person's perspective in this place and find somewhere in the middle. And if you re- remove that ego of wanting to be right, I think it's a lot, you approach the the conversation resolve the conflict a lot easier when you when you take that out um so that kind of got me thinking about a bunch of other stuff um you know when we're talking about relationships and there's a little bit of conflict between uh um, you know a masculine energy and feminine energy i'm going to use those terms because you know males i mean biological males can have they have feminine energy not as much as a, a biological female would um and they have to find this balance. And I was talking to my wife about it this morning because, again, the uh, a younger gal I work with was was talking about relationships and things like that. And, you know, me being this fucking woo-woo guy, I was talking about energy and how, you know, um, it takes someone to balance you out to find a nice homeostasis. And I feel, I told my wife, I feel that her and I do that very, very well where, you know, neither one of us are super emotional at the same time. Like I'm not perfect. Sometimes I lose my shit and I get very into my feelings. I attach myself to them. And when I do that without saying anything, my wife takes the role of the calm one and it's vice versa too. When she gets into, attaches herself to her emotions, I take the role of, all right, let's just, let's breathe a second. Let's see what's going on. And when it comes to relationships, you have to do that for each other. You know what I mean? And, uh, when it comes to a specifically a, a, you know, a biological male, biological female is I see that this now a lot where, you know, you know, girls are crazy and they're super emotional and, and, you know, ladies, come on, there is some truth to that. But what I would say to the males is it's unfair for us as guys to expect our female counterparts to be just like, just like dudes, just like shrug shit off and like, ah, oh, yeah, it's fucking fine, whatever. Because, you know, if you look at emotions on a spectrum, you know, one end to the other, on one end, you have the beauty, the beautiful parts of feminine energy, right? We want our women to be sexy, to be playful, to be nurturing and caring, you know, and that's all the emotion. That's what the beauty of the feminine energy brings to a relationship. Now, again, feminine energy, that means dudes and, and gals, you know, I mean, biologically. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, you have, you know, the other emotions that are tied to that. You know what I mean? And the ones that aren't so favored in a relationship. So it's unfair for us as as males to be like, 
Yeah, well, I like all the good stuff. You know, I want you to be sexy and playful and all that sort of stuff. But all this other things, I don't want that. You know, you got to take, you know, both the whole thing. You got to take the whole package. And, you know, as dudes, as guys, we have this masculine energy where we have to balance that out and do our part as well. And something, you know, I continue to work with and continue to work on is doing that for my spouse. You know, she told me I'm a I'm a man of few words. And, you know, when she's super frustrated, all I and it's, you know, all I say is like, I'm sorry, that that sucks that you feel that way. And typically when I when I'm there physically with her, I I give her a hug and I just let her know that she's loved because I feel like that's that's usually the bottom what's behind everything you know what she's super frustrated with all kinds of stuff um she's she feels unheard unloved and i just have to remind her of that and just kind of serve and hold that space for her to express those emotions and get them out and usually things get better after that um so you know it's when you're looking for another partner i feel it's really important to find someone that does that for you and i don't know I don't know this firsthand, but the, you know, the, this young guy I work with is, you know, men of her age now don't understand that. They just, they're really emotionally disconnected. They, and you know, I'm just an old head now and I get it, but I feel men of this next generations in their, in their twenties now are just, it's extended adolescence. You know I mean? They're still boys to a certain point. And I was too, you know what I mean? I'm not, it took me well into my late 20s into my early 30s to kind of accept this role as a man and be masculine and hold that space for for women to do that and that's i feel you know it makes me a decent partner i don't know to my wife i don't know you have to ask her (laughs) you look her up on instagram but uh you know that's something else i was thinking about this week as well is you know the masculine feminine energy and that dynamic between the two so i thought that was kind of interesting there's a book uh for all you dudes out there uh the way of the superior man Highly recommend you read it. It talks a lot about, you know, male energy, female energy, and just, you know, how to navigate those waters when you get into them. Uh, and the last thing I want to talk to you guys about today is, <laughs> let me preface this. I did a little, I did a meditation this morning. And after I meditate, I'm in this kind of like heightened state where I'm just kind of like loopy, not loopy, but just, I don't know. I'm super like high. I guess that's the best way to put it where I see things a little bit differently. My perspectives change a little bit. Not, you know, to me, that's the power of the, the meditation. So after I meditated, you know, I noticed like, you know, my ground's a little bit, my floor, my, my room's a little bit dirty. So I busted out the broom and I started sweeping and, uh, I was like, man, this is so fucking satisfying to watch. And it got me thinking of the, the meditation or the beauty of, of cleaning. And it got me thinking of, you know, in yoga, we have the niyamas, which I did an episode way back about what those are. And the niyamas are simply like the observances of, of yoga. And uh, so the first one is, is saucha, which is cleanliness. And that's a big thing of how, you know, cleanliness of everything, our minds, our bodies, our space in this case, plays a huge role in how we feel, right? I feel like our external represents our internal. So, you know, as I was cleaning the floor, and watching the dust just kind of collect and pile up and the floor being clean now is such a satisfying thing to watch. And this got me thinking of, you know, a bit of a meditative process. Again, I was kind of fucking high on a kite on this one because I just finished meditating. But, you know, it's just something I thought would be interesting to, to bring up because, 
you know, the, the process of cleaning, if you think about it, is first you have to bring an awareness to your surroundings, to your space. You got to look around and be like, man, this place is a fucking mess. I got I to gotta do something about this. And then it doesn't end there, right? Because how often do we like, oh, I'm going to clean this for sure. And then our mind goes somewhere else and we end up not cleaning. So there's the awareness, the acknowledgement that something needs to be done about this. And then the action of it, that getting the broom, getting whatever, wiping stuff down, and just the satisfaction of going from dirty to clean is like, to me this morning was the best fucking thing <laughs> I, I, I could ever think of. And and then the the when you do that, right, you how many people do you, do you clean the floors and then you realize, oh, fuck, my countertops are dirty too. And then you go into start cleaning that and you just get into the zone of like, I want to clean fucking everything. And it just uncovers a lot of stuff. And then you get the, the satisfaction of when you're done. And I don't know, man, maybe it's just me, but the house or your space just gives a very different energy when it's clean and orderly. I feel clearer mentally. You know, nothing gives me more fucking anxiety than a messy desk at work where there's like there's post-it notes all over the place and pens and papers. I don't know what goes to what. If I cannot work in an environment like that, I need to clean everything and have it nice and orderly. Um, so that's I guess that's the last thought. You know what I mean? The the importance of our of our surroundings um, it plays a major role in how we feel mentally, right? Uh, if it's clean around us, I feel like we feel better, and we may be motivated to look into cleaning up other parts of our lives, whether it be our mind, you know, by our thoughts or our bodies, by keeping it clean, you know, washing and all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, what we ingest as well, you know, making sure it's good whole foods because we're all, this is just a vehicle. We got to take care of it as best we can. Um, but that is all I have. I always go into these things thinking like, I don't think I can feel 20 minutes about this shit I've been thinking about, but then, you know, 20 minutes just flies by. I appreciate everyone listening, all, you know, 15 of you, but I love you 15 people so much for listening to this shit, and I will keep pumping these out. Um, I will talk to you guys next. Oh, if there's anything you want me to cover or talk about, have any questions about, please send me an email, send me a DM, uh, leave a writing review, all this sort of stuff. Share, share it with your friends if you find anything beneficial in here that you find you think they might find beneficial, and that's it. I'll talk to you guys next week. Adios.